Welcome to this episode of the Context Podcast by Proofgeist. I'm your host, Martha Zink, and this is where we get to talk about whatever is going on in the FileMaker community. In this episode, we get to talk with Chris Rogers from TorPro. He's built a powerful platform that runs dance competitions and conventions. And FileMaker is a big part of his software story. Learn more about Chris, the tools he uses, and how FileMaker allows him to have a leading platform in the dance space. All right, I am back. As Todd may have told you, I was either on a roller coaster or at the concert, or maybe I was at the beach. He, you know, he he didn't know, but he was he got two out of the three right. I was at a concert and then at the beach. <laughs> so Todd, I'm sorry I missed your last podcast episode with Chris Ibolite, um, but I brought another Chris this time, so I figured we could just swap and try something different here. I've got Todd Geist. I've got Chris Rogers, and Chris, why don't you give us a little introduction about yourself? Well, my name's Chris. Uh, I actually grew up not as a heavy computer person, but actually as a dancer, which is an interesting direction of how we got here. But as my life kind of progressed, I ended up somehow moving into the tech space. I started using it because I interned with an Apple store before the Apple stores. And FileMaker was actually the inventory and like order system for that company. So I had messed with it way early, like probably version four or five. Okay. So when I went and started trying to figure out what I was kind of doing in life and what I was messing with when I started working on this project that became our company now, the only thing I actually had used in the past was FileMaker. So I got a new copy of it and literally started writing a little fake tool to help a friend of mine just during the weekend uh, when he was running his events. And now here we are almost two decades later and it's a full-blown like <laughs> solution and a project and Went from a project to a product, kind of. So the program itself is called TorPro. Uh, the platform is TorPro Software. It is a event registration and management tool uh, that pretty much covers everything from the registration side all the way down to the results and scoring and um, video critiques and all sorts of uh, end products from what they might actually do during that weekend. So, so I'm curious. I, I um, have only been to a couple of dance related events. So I don't understand like that, that business at all. And, and I'm always, <laughs> I don't know really anybody <laughs> I'm always really fascinated by, you know, how, how different businesses can be even when they, you know, you say event management, but it's event management for dance events. Right. And so yeah. there's, there's probably a whole bunch of things that are just very different about how that works versus any other kind of like event, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, so, we background on that. You know, so the dance convention and competition like side of things, it it always had very much like a mom and pop root to it. Um, so it was a lot of sometimes it was couples that had started these companies because their kid had danced or um, you typically usually like studio owners trying to look for something new. And obviously some trailblazers and stuff in the industry who have just had a name in Hollywood here or um, in New York that kind of started their own brand because they had a natural following. Um, and it's interesting because we've, at least on our side, we've looked at it, TorPro itself, as a technical, pro a non, a technical product for non-technical people. And no one, including one of our partners, would have ever thought that the dance competition and convention would be like an industry. Yeah. But it actually is a pretty big one. I mean, we've done, um, we do well over a thousand events every single year. Wow. Um, just through our platform alone. And there's a couple others that are out there. Um, but you're talking about 1,500 kids, maybe 
in some cases, 3,000 um, attendees at a particular convention center in a certain area. We've got some of these events that go on for seven days in Australia, like back to back to back. Um, mm. They're starting at eight in the morning and going till 10 at night. So, I mean, it's a insane business in terms of the hours <laughs> alone, the flight hours, at least for me too. But I mean, you would never expect that, you know, just dance, something sort of very recreational would have such a huge and like highly produced product. I mean, you're talking some of these productions rival, maybe not what Apple does with their keynotes, but pretty close, and especially when you have a huge room full of, you know, 800, 1,000 kids all dancing at the same time. It's, it's actually really cool energy. It's, it's hard to kind of explain. It's kind of like when you go to a concert and like everybody knows the lyrics to the songs. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, ooh, I got chills. Like, this is, this is amazing. <laughs> okay, so you have like 1,000, 1,500 people, kids have to register. And I'm sure they're, I'm just going to guess that parents are heavily involved. Right. So well, you've got, you've got <laughs> parents and kids showing up at these events. And they have to register. So you have to give mm -hmm. them a way to register. Then they have to show up and you have to like, I don't know, give them badges and get them to where their, maybe their rooms are or where they need mm -hmm. to go. And, and their schedules for the competitions. And yep. then there are, these are actual competitions. People judge these, right? You have, yep. and so you must have, you have to manage like judges who's going to judge these events. And, and so all oh, that yeah. stuff where the judges have to go. And so you've, you've got a bunch of different kinds of participants, kids, mm -hmm. parents, judges. Are there like, there's probably like, um, I don't know what the, what the equivalent of a coach is for a dance team, but Teachers, whatever that yeah. is, right. You've got coaches or, um, you know, that have to, they all have to, they all have to somehow be, be cared for by your system. Is that, is that right? Yeah. I mean, when it started, it was obviously catered just to whoever was registering. So whether that was a studio owner or, you know, a head teacher or somebody who was just kind of, I want to register, put everything to the, um, put everything into the registration system to, you know, now mobile apps that, you know, parents can jump on to. We link live streams so that if you're multiple states away, you have literally an iOS or Android app that you can fire up and see what's going on on stage. We're doing like real-time tracking of that schedule that's built um, of who's performing on stage, who's coming up next. So, and even down to, you know, sharing to the actual individual dancers. I mean, it's from something that started as a really tiny seed. I mean, it grew into a really big tree in terms of how far out it kept adding support for different needs of this kind of business, right? So not just who's registering, but the parents to sign waivers, the kids to go see their own critiques, the studio owners and the teachers to get the results of the event that weekend and try to keep you know, 1,500 people kind of all in sync, you know, for 48 to 72 or maybe even more hours at a time. Wow. Um, is this something, so do you have to go to a lot of these big events or the big events or, or are they pretty much able to self-manage once, once? We like to go to the stuff? first one to just to like ease everybody's transitions. If they're new with us or if they've uh, transitioned from another system to us sometimes, I mean, I just love to go in general just to make sure that they have a good experience um, and right. they feel comfortable because any, any kind of big change is pretty nerve-wracking for anybody you change any you know, critical system so and it tends to be the oh, i don't know where this is it's like it's right there just click on the button okay thank you you know if you can ease those fears and they can get through one weekend on their own then um they tend to have like a much higher confidence so then 
they can go and do the rest of their tour. So I don't do all of them. That would be crazy. I mean, I'd have to hit, I don't know, 70 cities a weekend. Yeah. (laughs) Not quite so possible. Um, Yeah. But my air miles would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. It would be good. So, so, okay. So here you are, you know about this industry. Um, you've got, you've got just enough knowledge to be dangerous with FileMaker. Oh and yeah. You think, and you, and you think right. I can, I can do this, right? <laughs> Which is always this beautiful moment, right? It's like, it's like, yeah. I can't, I think I can do something here. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're, you're working nights and weekends and you're, and, and I mean, I've been through this a few times. And so, I mean, I always found it extremely exciting when there was like a new idea and especially when when you know your first users validate that the system is useful to them it's pretty exciting right yeah i mean i i think i started again personally programming in version seven or eight i think it was seven and so i had pulled the old registration or no sorry the old customer service and orders tool when i knew that filemaker could do a lot of this stuff because i had seen it work for you know the the comp the it company that i had worked for at the time um, I had seen an order, you know, manage customer data and orders and products and inventory and things like that. And I'm like, well, customers, studios, you know, um, orders, registrations. You know, I, I kind of started connecting the dots. I'm like, this is really similar. So I took that old tool from years ago, and the company had um, since been sold or gone under. Um, and I used that tool and went into Manage Database, and I started kind of figuring out all of the pieces. Um, of how it connected and everything. So I, I definitely didn't open a book, which probably would have helped me <laughs> a lot more. Um, but I just sort of reverse engineered what I could see. Um, then obviously back then, internet was still pretty good. So there were still some resources out there. So I'd find sample files here and there of things. And again, it just started as this, I could just help write a quick little tool for a friend of mine on a weekend. And it was literally in the back of the Mobile Convention Center. Like I remember it pretty clear where it, where it started. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll just write this quick little tool and just be done this weekend. And then, you know, the FileMaker, I think, is a really good example of, like, there's that little kind of string that hangs off the ball of yarn, and you just okay. kind of keep pulling. And you're like, oh, it can do that. Oh, it can do that. And you, it just yep. it keeps going and going and going, um, I guess, as long as you have a vision for it. Some things I wish I had re-envisioned properly and differently before I started them, but um, it's yeah, it just, you can keep tugging on that string and here you go 20 years later and it became a product. So I, I think my favorite part was seeing it work for my one friend. And then because the dance industry is very kind of close knit, it's like, you know, my friends also dancers starting conventions or working on conventions and they would hear about it from word of mouth. So what happened was it became a product before I even knew it. Um, I wasn't even planning on it because it just became word of mouth. The light bulb hit me when um, my original uh, friend who started their company, or sorry, they had acquired one, when I saw their main staffer and like one assistant person, so literally like one and a half people, was running an event that had 600 competition routines, or no, over 800 competition routines and over 1,200 attendees. And it was literally done by one and a half people where in other situations, you know, they might have a staff of 10, 15, just to manage that same quantity. And I'm like, oh, man, we have something here because the whole thing is being, like, quickly run 
by one and a half people. Yeah. It's so interesting. So much of FileMaker um, is usually in the background of stuff, right? You see it at production facilities or managing inventory or customer lists, right? And all those things are extremely important. They lead to greater good and all kinds of stuff. But you're in such an interesting place where you're using it and it's directly impacting, you know, 800, 1,200 people all the time, right? 70 yeah. cities on a weekend, you said. I mean, that's a lot. So it's cool to see it kind of up and up in the and center. Yeah, I mean, it, I think the really cool part, and we were even shocked ourselves, was we started looking at, so all of our registration sites are behind Cloudflare, and so we can get statistics from that. And it was a couple years ago, but when we went to go see just what the traffic was uh, for like a month's period, we were delivering, I mean, I just looked earlier, we were delivering over 30 million page requests from over 300,000 unique individuals, um, according to Cloudflare. And we went, wow, like this got really widespread and it was across it's now across the world because we even have clients like all the way out in Australia and Canada. Yeah. So it's like, it's begun to really spread out. We get interest from like Portugal and Spain and, you know, we've getting draws from all over the place and you can see obviously spammy, uh, shady IP addresses are kind of filtered out, but like, you know, you're <laughs> right. getting a lot, you're getting, it's such a huge reach now that we're like, what? It was supposed to be a small little <laughs> project, but now, <laughs> It's hundreds of thousands of people every single month. And the best part, honestly, has been seeing even just the improvements in FileMaker itself that have allowed it to support yeah. that kind of volume. And that's what was really kind of eye-opening more recently, too. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really curious what your um, architecture looks like. Like, how, do you, how, are you, how is your system set up? Is it, is it multi-tenant? Does each customer have their own system? Yep. So each so customer every, has their own system. Yeah, we yeah. run um, multiple database servers, so there's like eight of them, I think. Uh, we run our own data center here in Los Angeles because um, I'm a control freak and I want to make sure everything is like optimal. So we have multiple servers, multiple uh, in terms of failover. We've got multiple failovers. We've got storage systems with redundancy and failover systems. So like, I mean, we've architected it really well. Um, and every single client who fires up honestly starts from the same piece. So we use auto to basically roll out Ah, clients really quickly. There we go. Great. Um, and so what used to take, I think, God, sometimes two days to get a new system, start putting things in, get the server set up, we got down to about mm, two minutes. That's awesome. I think it takes 45 seconds for auto to throw something over. We can deploy a new website and IIS really shortly. And honestly, thanks to FileMaker server with WebDirect, we rewrote all of our screens to be web direct friendly. So what used to take time to then set up their sync system, we'd use sync deck prior. Now we're using mirror sync with from 360 works. I mean, that used to take a day, we would get the license and then we'd have to do this. So now we can deploy somebody in literally five to 10 minutes. And if we put all their customer data in ahead of time to pre-configure the system, we can usually get that done within 30 minutes to an hour. And so the turnaround time is just, it's fire. Like nobody can touch it, which is also one of the most fascinating things. I mean, it takes you longer to read the paperwork than it does for us to deploy a whole system at this point. That's awesome. So let's yeah. drill into this architecture a little bit. So you have a bunch of servers yep. and the servers are running um, a set of files for, for each customer. Mm -hmm. um, and, then, 
Okay, so the, and then you're using um, uh, WebDirect. So so that's the main interface. In that's actually no, that's actually the second one. So the main okay. inter interface is actually the FileMaker app itself. Okay. Um, by getting people, especially if they're starting with us, um, yeah. to get them acquainted, it's a lot easier to get them into a web browser because I think a lot of people are just so used to a web interface yeah. first. But the web interface looks just like the app, so the transition yeah. is just so seamless, which is really right. cool. Um, Interesting. So we, we start them using the WebDirect, what we call kind of the light version. But at this point, it does 95% of what the actual app does. You know, we're still finding some things, obviously 20 years of cruft and other stuff. We're still finding some some things are like, mm, this experience needs to be a little bit better or, you know, flip it from what used to be pop open a window to let's have it generate the PDF and throw it into a new tab. Because uh, sure. we have a lot of reports in our system. Yeah. Um, so, so WebDirect is almost like it's your onboarding. It's how you get somebody in the system really quick. And then later if they need, if they, um, when they want, more advanced stuff or they want something that you know runs native then you give them the full mm -hmm. file maker app. yeah and it's really we kind of also broken it up into um kind of the pro users so obviously anything yeah. that goes on site that's the other kind of interesting challenge right is we're not internet first but we're internet leveraging in terms of the architecture of the app because when you get to these convention centers and these competitions i mean they might as well hold you at gunpoint because just to get a basic internet connection at some of these venues is like, I've had a client pay $28,000 yeah, for two yeah. days. Yeah. Ooh. Right. Like, and that's just to get, and we're talking 50 megabits per second, not anything to yeah. be like, woo, like about, I mean, I wouldn't even get <laughs> for a thousand, but like, it's just highway robbery. So our first in, goal is always in app first. You could basically hotspot it, you sync it, bring all the data, run the event locally and when it's safe or you're at home, not at home, but maybe in your hotel room or at the end of the event, you can hit the sync button, all your changes go up. So any pro users and on site use our app version and anybody who might just be doing some customer service or just kind of helping, the web version is, is so much better for them. There's no special software required. They yeah. can log in immediately. And if there's somebody who ends up going on site as well and maybe does um, kind of both customer service and then, you know, runs the event with them, they're used to the exact same experience because it looks the exact same. Yeah. Right. They have more windows and more extra buttons that they can do some things with. That's awesome. So now, so that's the staff, the event staff, but you've also got parents and studio owners and all these other folks interfacing. What are they interfacing through? Is that also WebDirect? So they're a, not interacting with WebDirect. Web I think if we did do WebDirect, we would be destroyed. Um, because again, we're talking about you know, 350,000, you know, people yeah. uniquely every single month. Um, that would be an insane volume. And honestly, that that would be the case of not being able to have it scale properly. So yeah, yeah. what we did was we wrote uh, individual iOS and Android apps that feed from data that we dump from our registration system uh, to uh, more or less JSON, essentially. Yeah. So those apps then are regular compiled applications. We're looking at potentially taking some FileMaker Go stuff and or FileMaker Pro stuff and converting into iOS SDKs uh, for another project. But for the volume where most of it is read, it's just a consumption thing. We're dropping yeah. these things onto our CDN and the apps just hit from there and yeah. off it goes. Right. So so those were native apps that were built. You didn't use any of the you didn't use Go. 
and that's because you needed Android, obviously. Yeah, we in that case yeah. we needed. Well, there is an there is an iOS version though. Um, so we do have the iPad version for people running the event backstage. Oh, sure. Uh, okay. So they're using actually iPads during the competition side things and during check-in. So the whole program works on. We rewrote every piece of it essentially to work on Apple, Windows, um, iOS, and then also WebDirect. So making sure we're hitting every single one of those spaces. Um, right. But when you're talking about like this, the parents, the students, I mean, they're really not inputting anything at that time when they're at the event. It's just reading what's there. So they just need yeah. mm. what's my schedule, what's the competition look like, what's on stage, what are the links, where are the shortcuts as their sort of guide. It's kind of like walking around Disneyland with a Disneyland app. You know what I mean? So each each event gets a do they get a they get a branded page or do they get how do you deploy that or how do you do that for them? Yeah. So we have a stage. Uh, we have a development and stage. Uh, websites, so ones that we're working on actively, and then one that's safe to deploy. So we literally could just fire up a new um, website. We change configure one configuration file uh, to point to their particular solution. Uh, they can upload their own logos, and the website itself. We have uh, a feature we call Web Prefs. So since everybody kind of wants the website to behave a little differently, I got so sick and tired of um, trying to keep track of changes that, well, this customer wants this and they don't want that text to look like that. And this button should have said that. And so year after year, I would make the code change, forget it, forget it. So when yeah. I deployed the new clean version, everything I had done was wiped out. So right. I was like, okay, this can't happen. So we wrote a table-based preference for every single application. So it's a table that we scope to every single layout in the data API now of what these particular keys are. And so it's either on or off, or it's this label or that label. And so now the website is completely dynamic in that it can change its behavior, what's on its screen. Um, every event has settings too. So you can have one event work this way through the registration site and it hides components, or it can work that way and it shows everything. Or you turn on this feature and it's available. So the website kind of begins to breathe based entirely on what the end user ends up putting in for their events every single year. And so we can make quick changes um, with a setting, which is what's amazing now. And again, it's, I could just roll out a whole new website and just replace the files and it just has a new feature. And I don't have to worry about code changes or customers, individual stuff, because it's all coming right. from the database itself. Right. One of the things that I love about your story is that, um, you've had this solution for so long. You've talked about, you know, 20 years old or whatever. Yeah. And you're so willing to change and update and revisit. I think that's a place where sometimes people get get stuck, right? It's like, well, it worked 20 years ago. It should still work. And it's yeah. like, well, conceptually, sure. And it does sort of, right? But it's just not optimized to what you're looking for. And so I love you, you keep talking about the different users and what they need and what scales and what doesn't. And I think it's so great that you have this vision of the experience is what matters. And so you're willing to revisit, reconfigure, make changes to, to keep up with that. Well, I mean, I think it's evolve or die. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting. I, I kind of feel like I split on two sides of the brain here. It's just like I'm, I love to be creative. I started in the production side and dance, and that was where, you know, I had started. But I was also kind of nerdy at the same time. And, you know, I think a lot of times the, the nerdy side of me also kind of wants to be lazy and just, cool, that is what it is, and I want to go do something else. Um, and I always feel like, there's a phrase that someone had brought up a long time ago. It said, if you want something done, hire someone lazy. 
because they're going to find the shortest way to get something done so they don't have to do anything else, right? Um, and I feel like a lot of times we just get comfortable with, cool, it's done, and I, I can breathe now. But right. what ends up happening is that tech debt just starts getting bigger and bigger the longer you wait. And so then when you need to make that jump to whatever the new technology is because your system is going to no longer function, now yeah. you have this ginormous uphill battle to get there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so for us, it's become more fun to actually like think in advance and try to beat, you know, sort of that minority report, kind of figure out what, you know, somebody is going to need before they need it and put it in there because now the joy comes from especially even when we do demos when they're like yeah but can it do and then i already start moving to bring up that feature and they're like okay yeah. they already have it i <laughs> you know it's like that's, that's where it's fantastic. fun and it's like then you're creating something and you're guiding the own destiny instead of being forced into doing an upgrade or a major rewrite or something because you were sort of well it worked you know 20 years ago and it's just really cool even still with filemaker you know to make it show up in a new platform with very reasonable work right so mm -hmm. when WebDirect replaced instant web publishing which we did try instant web publishing it wasn't great yeah. um <laughs> i think even claire would admit that but you know to get it into these new platforms and enable it where i've seen an entire like this is what's really cool to take our big giant you know registration management system and shove it onto an ipad and have it completely work offline on an ipad while someone's in the air like you don't have to pay the internet speed. You can work on whatever you want to. When you're done, you hit the sync button and boom, a few seconds, yeah. your registration site's up to date. I mean, that's just so much more fun. Well, I, th I think I, I think what what I love about this this story is um, well, there's a lot of things, but you know, FileMaker has um, has a number of interesting characteristics, which have kept it not only viable but thriving for three decades, which is mm -hmm. pretty incredible. And sometimes I think, you know, yep. it's easy to get it's easy to get swept up in the latest hype about new things that, you know, should allow you to do uh, whatever it is you want to do faster, better, prettier, whatever. But really, you know, businesses evolve over decades. And to be able to, to be able to have a, a technology platform that can support you for decades and get you and get you onto the different form factors and different business cases that you need to fill to keep that business going and growing is really something. I mean, mm -hmm. you have you have a FileMaker, you have, so you have a client-server database, which is what FileMaker, quote unquote, still is. Really, you know, that's what is the original architecture, and and you're leveraging that to be able to do offline stuff, which is great, right? Because there are situations where you need to do that, especially in your case, events. Um, people yeah. traveling, you know, being able to do offline is great. You've got websites that can serve, you know, 70 events uh, um, or, or registration for, for 70 events a weekend. I mean, thousands and hundreds of thousands of people hitting these things um, over, you know, over the course of a month. And it's still it's it's still working fine. Like, I don't think people get that, that if you that you can if you if you embrace what's there and you use the technologies that FileMaker gives you, the data APIs and the other ways of, of, of integrating with, with things like iOS apps and Android apps, and, and uh, you can go quite far with this. And you yeah. don't have to like go, okay, we got to convert to Salesforce or whatever, right? It's like, no, actually this is, 
this is actually still really great. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, up until up until recently, one of our other clients, we had written um, a, an application we called Book Builder, and it was a guide building system. So it was like a catalog building system. And mm -hmm. this is actually a fun story and a kind of a little bit of a diversion, but that program we were able to write for like thirty grand, and this is for a very large company. Um, it was a little FileMaker database, but it connected to all of their product data and it allowed them to pull their products. We linked it to uh, an image management database called Portfolio from Extensus. Yeah. Uh, and you're able to put connections between the data in the database and actually embed all the product data in every single image. So SKUs, uh, 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 company number, or sorry, like vendor number, descriptions, all that stuff embedded in there that even if we lost the database, if you just simply recatalog it, it would restore itself. Um, and then they could pick uh, which images they wanted, associate that with the copy, features and benefits, bullets, all this other stuff, and create a templated page and literally bring up a template, stamp it in InDesign, drag and drop um, mm -hmm. a page that so, uh, someone in the other department had actually picked what items they wanted and where and how they were featured. And the whole thing would load up with all the proper data. It would keep in sync with whatever text changes there were. And they took their build time from four hours to 40 minutes for every single spread. And it was like revolutionary. And then the IT, comp uh, the IT department who just in general didn't like anything that wasn't Microsoft SQL or whatever had tried to replace it, oh God, like three or four times over the last 17 years. <laughs> and they, and, I, and I, when I say that like millions of dollars was spent in trying to replace it with these huge corporate solutions, um, every one of those failed miserably. And that thing ran up until last year without any issues. And it yeah. produced God knows how many guides. And that was a $30,000 FileMaker database solution that ran for, I, don't, I can't do math that fast, but since 2011 up until last year, I should mm -hmm. be able to do that math, but coffee hasn't kicked in yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, really I mean, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, that's wild. And I, it's to this day, that's one of my still favorite stories because it's a little database that you would think was, you know, it, it, it's this glue that sits in between systems that I think a lot of big systems don't get or their integration is so tight, but it only works in a particular way. And so we were able to make this thing, no matter what product information management system they put behind it this would adapt to whatever that was. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they could change it to Excel based if they wanted. They could change it to Microsoft SQL. I don't care. They could change it. You know, it was being fed by uh, a Microsoft XML system. So we were using the XML engine to bring in product data and keep everything up to date. And lo and behold, it, it lasted for so long. The only reason it uh, isn't in use anymore is because they just changed the design. The, they changed their decision in terms of uh, we're not building these catalogs anymore because it's all online. Everybody can search now. So sure. the only reason it doesn't function is purely because of a change in how the business is functioning. Right. Right. So this is great. So you've got a thriving business built on FileMaker. Um, obviously, we know about you because of your interaction um, over the last little bit with some of our tools that you've been using. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, for us, one of the things that that we really like to do is there are, um, I, I can't really call them gaps, but when you get to a certain size of a business or, or complexity of a system, um, it's helpful to have 
you know, what, what we like to call pro-level tools are just tools that can get you over some of the humps you hit. And we, you know, um, you, you talked about one with auto being able to deploy and also with your multiple copies of the solution and, and doing that. I think you've also made pretty extensive use of FM Perception, which is our analysis tool. So, um, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about like like what I think auto was I don't know which one you used first actually. I can't remember, but it was auto. Um, it was auto. Okay. So what what yeah. was the what was the auto experience like for you getting that thing going? <laughs> um I I think you oh god, you saved my relationship probably with that tool alone. <laughs> I, if I'm going to speak honestly. So That's going on the website before, by the way. <laughs> like my relationship before auto very rocky. Um cuz the amount of time, I mean so when we would do some of the migrations, when we would do FileMaker script-based migrations, because we had to write one to bring the data from one into the other, right. for one of our clients, um, you know, even with a two gig file, those scripts would take forever, um, yeah. like four plus hours to do a migration of data from one database to another. So the only time I was actually able to do upgrades was off hours when they didn't need the system. And everybody needs it at all the time, always, right? Because we're just so impatient these days. Um, and nothing can be down for an hour or two. I must be registering at 1130 at night, um, <laughs> Hawaii time. So when we saw auto, I think we had tried and uh, I think I have, it was actually, uh, a friend of mine who recommended it. So a guy named Daniel Harlow, he was like, oh, Hey, yeah. no, like, no. you're going to want to look at this. And what used to take, if we were to upgrade all of our clients at the time, it would have taken us easily a month of just scheduling the downtime mm. and then performing the upgrade and then, you know, bringing everything back up and then hoping that the script didn't mess up somewhere in the middle and we lose some data. Cause that, that would happen from time to time because of how data was put in. Maybe we didn't protect a field well enough. And, that got when that dropped down to like five minutes <laughs> i i mean we still get goo goo gaga every time we could roll out a major upgrade every single year and even roll out updates throughout the year i mean that's the even the better part about it because we can roll updates out for an individual that fixes one particular piece um mm -hmm. that we don't need to touch everybody we can roll it out in an upgrade and then boom you know our sync engine picks up the change and we've deployed it to everybody in the company in minutes yeah. where that was completely not feasible prior to auto. I mean, it's still fun to just watch a little gear go and like, start, start, just wait for the little progress bar. It's like, cool, I'm done. You know, like I can have a margarita <laughs> at this point. Well, my type, I don't know. <laughs> Depending upon the day, that might be a different drink, but it just, it, it, we would never be able to scale the business if it wasn't for auto. And I know that for a fact, for deploying out uh, development versions um, uh, for, uh, rolling out new clients, uh, doing minor patches and updates to like make sure that they're happy, you know, that, you know, we had a little bug that wasn't doing something in a, in the layout, right? So it was, the presentation was a little bit off and they wanted it that way. We could do, do a new report design, add it to the system, upgrade just them. They have it, they're happy. You know, we roll that into our master and then we kind of keep our own master going. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. when we're ready to upgrade everybody, we can literally just hit a button and go, go, go. But if you want, I would love to be able to schedule a list of them to just happen in a row so I could <laughs> Q, 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 and then I could go on a siesta. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're actually, um, you know, Otto's been in, been in production in, uh, in the wild for over, I think for over five years now. And we've learned an awful lot about, about the, the whole process of doing migrations and, 
automations and doing them scheduled and stuff. And so we are, we are in the middle of a pretty big overhaul of, of doing it. And, and one of the, mm. the targets is people that have vertical market solutions like, like you, because there are some things that, that, that we can make even better. One of which you're just, you're talking about, which is how can we make these, these batch migrations, you know, that where you want to do them, the whole bunch of them, how do we, how do you manage that better? Like we, we can do it with the current system, but, but the, the, you know, it's sort of like one of these things where before auto, like just doing a migration to one, one, you know, one updating one system from, you know, to one server was hard. So we solved that I mean, problem. We should on my worst enemy. And, and then, and then now it's like, okay, but I, now I need to update eight servers and, you know, 32 clients and what, and so we're, we're, we're hard at work at that. And we hope to have that out, out pretty soon. So I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy the, the changes. Oh, I know that I will. There. <laughs> I, I'm not blowing smoke. I mean, it, it I, when I say revolutionary, I mean, like I said, we had always kind of said in the beginning years ago that we're like the key to the business is scalability, right? We, we want to make a product that works for everybody, but feels uniquely tailored. Yeah. Um, and to be able to roll out changes that fast, like to be able to do that kind of responsive, responsive development, you know, to the, to the customers. I mean, then, then they love it and then they tell other people and it's like, you know, yeah. that's, that's, that goes such a long way, you know, one size doesn't always fit all. And so to be able to make those on the fly adjustments, even as we learn them during the season, you know, yeah. when things are in full mo motion and not miss a beat, right. But the most yeah. important part is doing an upgrade on a Wednesday where maybe the script failed and didn't tell us that, oh, some of this data didn't go. And then they go start their event and things are missing. Like that's yeah. bad. Yeah. But with, I mean, we've, it, every single time with auto, we hit it out of the park every single time. Like there's no lack of confidence that it's going to have a problem. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And if the problem is a problem, it's probably because like, it just wouldn't close the file on FileMaker server itself. Like that's the worst thing I have to worry about. Yeah. It's like, fine. Yeah. I can fix that. I can deal with that. Like I said, I used, I used to have to do those migrations in the middle of the night, and it's just like <laughs> it would take me until six in the morning just to do like yeah. three sometimes, and it was like yeah, especially because you're because your events are on the weekend, so you you can't do yeah. it on the weekends, right? Yeah. Well, registrations and and event management happens Monday through Thursday slash Friday, and the events go from Thursday to Sunday, so there is no downtime. Like no it downtime. doesn't it doesn't exist. It's a high availability you know system, so. Yeah, I mean, to be able to push an update in, even for our large clients, it takes 10 minutes. I would, when I say it'll be about 10 minutes, and they're like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. they're yeah. happy because they get their update the moment they hit that sync button, and boop, boop, yeah, I got the new version, thanks. Yeah, that's I don't it. have to hear about it. No that's more it. tickets. Yeah, that's great. So I know, um, I think the reason for this particular podcast is you reached out over something you did with FM Perception, which is our database analysis tool. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about about that story and what what happened there. Yeah, so you know the the beauty in FileMaker is that I mean you kind of if you can envision it, you can build it. Um, don't steal that, Claris. Or <laughs> your royalty if you do. Um, you know the ability to basically envision something and build it is really amazing, and actually to build it really quickly. Um, but there's also a little bit of a asterisk to that ease of use is that FileMaker will let you do it, but they'll also let you do it wrong. So, and you don't really know it's wrong until it actually gets out there and you go, ooh, that's not standing very well. So, you know, the case of our registration platform, we're definitely not going to use WebDirect for that. Licensing would be a pain. It's opening up all these sessions. It's using a lot of resources. And if you're having right, 300,000 right. people try to log in, that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, thinking and architecting to, um, 
to use a CDN and, and JSON files and things like that that we update with FileMaker, you know, finding those channels and figuring out which technology best serves um, a particular endpoint or a particular use case. That's the smart part. But with FileMaker, the other catch was, at least for us, is things started feeling really slow um, as we've kept adding things on. And so we started going and trying to figure out what can we do to like speed this up. And so that's where FM Perception really helped us in streamlining the actual relationship graph and everything underneath the system. Because as we would bring different developers on who are helping with certain projects or working on certain parts, they wouldn't necessarily know, and as our team grew, right, and our internal development staff grew, um, they didn't necessarily know of certain relationships that they could exist and use, uh, the pre-existing ones that they could use. Um, and even I would forget them, right? It's just like after mm, 20 years, like you're like, oh, I forgot about that one. Um, and as we started building, we ended up realizing we created like three, four, five, eight relationships that were actually all basically the same relationship, but could have been done with one and maybe a portal filter at the end. Uh, especially with things like the data API uh, respecting filters on portals where I don't think that was a possibility in um, the custom web publishing version. I think you had to have a very specific one. So mm -hmm. jumping from uh, technology to technology, you know, over the years, you know, we ended up creating all of this kind of extra fat on the system. And so I think eventually we ended up having amongst our calculations and fields and tables, I think it's 125 some odd tables. Um, we had over 850 relationships in the system itself. Yeah. So to start to start to optimize what we were doing and, and find every relationship and where it was used, what calculations it was using, which portals uh, that it might be, uh, FM Perception was the only tool that actually gave us that fast turnaround. Um, so in about two weeks' time, we took... Um, our old version, and we were able to identify and remove almost 190 relationships and consolidate them down. So yeah. we brought our, our relationship um, graph down by like 25%, or maybe a little bit more. Um, yeah, actually, obviously, a little bit more, like 30%, right? And we were able to see even script execution and stuff go faster. So mm -hmm. things that would take 13 seconds were done in seven. Right. And when you talk about, you know, seconds, right, you're looking at, well, three seconds for me is not a big deal. For anybody else who's not understanding what's going on underneath over one and a half seconds is really frustrating. So, you know, seeing those improvements then have a real world impact for the users where everything feels more responsive. The website um, isn't broken because FM Perception let us know, oop, fix this table, oop, fix this layout. We were able to just run through, change them all, confirm everything was good, and then delete that relationship. And allowed us to optimize and clean up 20 years of, you know, piling on the layers because FileMaker makes it so easy to do that to basically go through and actually simplify it. So now moving forward, we know how to use uh, FM Perception. And if we're building a new feature, we can go, okay, we already have the relationships from this, we're not wasting now development time going, do I need something that does this? Or I need to add a, it's, it already, it's already there. We've already done it. You, we just haven't used it in this capacity before. Yeah, and so relationship graph is one of the areas, a big relationship graph is one of the areas that can really affect performance. Mm -hmm. And so 
having a having a tidy relationship graph, or at least tidy may not be the right word because it could still look like a mess. Parts are parts are tidy. <laughs> as long as it's uh, you know it doesn't have a lot of a lot of duplication and a lot of um, you know uh, you know over time you can get poorly designed relationships all these all these things that can add up to be to be um, to just make things slower because when when FileMaker opens depending on how you open it and what it opens to it has to begin to resolve that 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 graph and so if it has to go out and deal with you know 850 relationships to resolve you can imagine that if you can cut 20% off that, then things can speed up. One of the ways we notice it speeds up quite a bit is just in opening the files get faster when, mm -hmm. when, when, yeah. when there's less relationships, which is, you know, if you want to pop open your system and do something real quick, you don't want to have to wait for the thing to, you know, have to have to resolve a bunch of relationships. So now I think what's what's interesting. So FM Perception has a lot of tools that can help you sort of sort through the stuff that's built in, but we didn't have something that did exactly what you needed to do. And so you you've solved it in a pretty creative way yeah so yeah so what we did was in trying to kind of identify the stuff i mean you know the filemaker relationship graph is great when you know what you're looking for um for us we had no idea what we were looking for so what we decided to do was we said let's go ahead and and break out um so FileMaker, uh, FM Perception gave us the ability to go to all of the table occurrences and dump them out and actually see how many table occurrences every single table had. So what we did was we went through and we dumped all of those out into a new database. And because it brought over a, you know, a comma separated list of all the relationship names, I basically wrote a completely separate tool that just took the data I was able to just extract right out of FM Perception and get counts. Uh, so we call it our speed project. And so what that did was that allowed us to say, these are all of the tables, um, the base tables that we have. These are all the table occurrences that we have. Here's how many there are. And so we would go then and look at them by name. And now we knew exactly what to hunt in the relationship graph and go say, is there something that's just like this? Is there something that's mm -hmm. just like this? And so in those, we were able to take some of the tables that had you know, 50, um, anywhere between 30 to 50 table uh, and 30 to 50 relationships and get them down to about 20. Yeah. So yeah. our target was, and it was just self-imposed. It was just say, let's get them down to 20. Um, Cause I'm, I'm realistically, we can only get it down so far. Sure. We actually sure. begin impacting features and abilities, but we just kept dumping out these things and doing quick DDRs, opening it right in FM perception. Um, and we use other tools like base elements and stuff, but I don't want to wait an hour for the DDR to import. I just need right. to, did I get it? Did I clear them all? Did you know? Did I find every uh, link to this particular relationship, whether that was a calculation or um, a layout object or something like that? Did did we get them all? So are we safe to remove it? So you know, yeah. constantly doing those dumps really quickly helped us do all of this in two weeks, which I feel like in any other situation it would take you way longer than two weeks to identify thirty percent of your. Yeah, no, it, it's a great story. And when we were, when we were originally um, thinking about what shape and form FM perception would take, we we realized that we would not be able to reach every use case that that, that people would might need. So there's a there's a ton of standard reports and 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 all kinds of information that you can get out of FM perception. That's really helpful in just sort of your your everyday development as you're as you're working through the system. But sometimes you'll find something that just isn't represented in the UI there. 
And so what we decided to do was to just make it so that you could really easily dump CSV data out from any of the reports. So you want to see all your table, you know, want to see all your table occurrences, see all that. You can hit the export button. Now you've got a CSV. Well, CSVs turn into FileMaker files really, really fast. It's and so like now, you've got, now you've got <laughs> a, and guess what? You're probably a FileMaker developer if you're using this tool. So um, now you know what you can do and, and, uh, and you can build whatever, whatever tools you need. And, and, you know, over the years, that's, that's helped us. So I've built several little utilities to do things like, like, um, like testing whether in a multi-file system, you might have, you know, people build systems that have five or six or more, 10, 20 files in them. And they have a custom function, a set of custom functions for each file. Well, is it the same custom function? Is the same name custom function exactly the same in all the files? How do you do that, right? So I wrote a little a little file and, and dump out all the information from FM Perception, little FileMaker file that looked, you know, this custom this custom function with name, you know, um, filter X is it is it exactly the same calc in every instance of that right. function? And you know, it solved the problem. And so that's that's the approach we took. We figure people are FileMaker developers, they know how to use this tool. If they need a custom report or a custom tool. They can build it really easily on it. Well, and, and I think you touched on kind of like what it is, right? So FM Perception it actually makes the database design report usable, right? It's just it's the only thing that allows you to extract the things that you want and are looking for. And I, and I guess that's the other hard part is you got to know what you're looking for. Yeah, um, that's it. You know, you got to learn the system. You got to learn it, which is it's a deep tool. It's got it covers mm -hmm. a lot of bases. So. There's definitely some stuff. We have office hours for FM Perception um, mm -hmm. every Thursday, uh, and people, um, it's like there's like a, it, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's almost like a like a club. A bunch of the same people show up every week and just talk <laughs> FileMaker and FM Get Perception. It's like a, it's like social hour. Um, yeah, they would actually love it if you dropped by and showed them to what you did. Oh, for I'll, sure. I'll give Absolutely. you the link to that because they would be they 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 totally dig it. But yeah, so because there's a lot there's a lot to it. It takes it can take a while, but. But um, yeah, it's yeah, another I, one. I think, tools I, I think important. the stumbling over the CSV thing, because now I'll, I'll be honest, we had purchased FM Perception a while ago. And I had, because I, if I'm going to be really honest, I'm like, I need to have, I'm a developer. I need to have Pro Tools. Um, <laughs> and so I would buy, I would often kind of buy things to mess with them. But, you know, the typical case of, I think, IT people, it's like we like to jump to the next new shiny thing. So I never fully jumped into it. Um, so we'd had it for, I think, probably two years before we actually really put it to use, yeah. um, which is like, shame on me. Um, but, you know, we had it. And as we were like, God, we, we need to do something here. Um, we're like, well, we have FM Perception. And then going into it and kind of drilling, but spending a little bit more time to really become familiar with what it was doing. And then finding that export, we went, wait a minute, export. Oh, this has data that. I can actually use for what I'm trying to do. And so I ended up building the speed test tool outside of yeah. um, outside of FM perception, but based on what we saw, we could get out of that DER yeah. and what we could get out of it quickly. Then it just, all of it made just so much more sense. And, it, and we got to see our program, I think in a completely different way than I think we had looked at it before. And mm -hmm. almost like Neo in the matrix where it's like, <laughs> You know, you could kind of explode everything and, and go, oh, I see how it's connected now. And I, honestly, it's like we're, we're kind of laughing internally when we're doing some of the program. We're like, wow, like we made some decisions that were 
not the smartest. Um, and it, yeah, it, it doesn't. You know what? Here's the funny thing: it doesn't actually matter how smart you get. You're still gonna make, you're still gonna make those decisions because those decisions are, you know, it's like they're also. It's not just about your skill level, but it's also like what was going on. Like you may have, you may have done something, you know, ten years ago, and you look look back at it and go, God, that was terrible. And you forget <laughs> that. Well, you had thirty minutes to do it because a customer needed to get their their event registration up. And so you did it, you solved the problem, you got it done. So it's not always that we were just dumb. Sometimes there were other things and you know, other, other, uh, other circumstances that just required us to do things the way we did. And so having a tool that can help you go back, clean up that technical debt, refactor things, make them faster, make them easier to understand is pretty important because honestly, there's not, I don't think there's a way to develop an application like what you're doing, being responsive to your customers. And like, you can't sit and think like, what's the best way this thing could ever possibly be built and we should know what that'll be in five years. You can't know that. It's not Great. possible. And, and you know, you do this long enough, you realize that you're like, okay, well, okay, what do I know now? Mm -hmm. What do I, what are the circumstances now that are driving this decision? It could be business related. It could be like, well, I've got a budget of this much time. I got to do this, whatever. You do it. And then you develop a practice around refactoring and build and 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 getting rid of that technical debt over time, and having a tool again this area where we want to polish off the edges and make it easier for people who are who are heavily invested in this platform to do the things that allow them to, you know, to really scale this. And that's you know analysis, analysis and refactoring is is pretty critical. Yeah, I think, and that's kind of you know, maybe that's also probably part of the challenge just of the FileMaker platform, right, is it, it lets you prototype anything really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and so the problem is it's like, oh, it works. And then you go get distracted, like, ooh, squirrel, right, to go do something else. And you forget that that was in there. I mean, yeah. we even found a lot of cases where relationships weren't ever in use. Yeah. So, you know, because, you know, your day just gets so busy. I mean, whether you're answering, a, if you're doing and wearing multiple hats, potentially too, which I think a lot of FileMaker developers probably are, you know, and you got your families too, right? You might start something. Oh, I'm going to come back to it. I'll come back to it tomorrow. But I forgot that I created two relationships in there because during the night, somewhere around 3 a.m., my brain kicked off and went, oh, you can do it this way. And so, right. you know, it's very easy to leave garbage still in your yeah. system that it's there. It's not doing anything bad. But when you start adding other people into it and you're like, well, there's yeah. only 2000 relationships that you have to figure out and understand. It's like, that's even harder to onboard a new developer, yeah. have them understand and know how to fix it. So like I said, FileMaker can let you do the bad things easily, but it really is good at letting you do version one real fast. And so I think as a developer, you know, I, I'll call myself a developer, but like, you know, as a FileMaker user, it's like to be able to come back and go, okay, I, I threw something in there real quick, but did I do it in the most optimal way and kind of fall back to, all right, let me clean up my mess, right? So I made dinner, but I need to finally put the dishes away. I need to clean off. Yeah. I'm not going to leave food stuck in the pan. Let's <laughs> see three more days as I'm looking at my... As I'm looking at my... <laughs> I need to do dishes after this. But yeah. To clean it up and, and see an immediate impact, like that's what right. got us really excited. When we were able to trim some script loop times down from, you know, what would be 13 seconds for a record set that's this big down to seven, 
you know, just by getting rid of and cleaning up some of our calculations and relationships and sim simplifying stuff, we went, man, like we can make it even more responsive. And so when a customer gets that new version, they're going to be like, oh my God, like this is so much faster. Like I got it done in half the time. Because when you scale that towards, you know, hundreds and hundreds of users and then hundreds of thousands of end users, like yeah. a second or three seconds adds up to a lot of time. Yeah, yeah especially it's running on your servers, right? So it's using resources that you are paying for, right? Well, and, and I think even more so, it's like when you go into the cloud and stuff like that, where you pay for PP, CPU cycles and memory and all yeah. that other stuff yeah. for, for your solution yeah. to get the job done quicker. You know, there, I think there's always a better way. There's always a faster way. And to mm -hmm. take, take version one, you know, right? It's 200 lines of code and then look at it a little bit later and go, okay, I can get that down to 50 lines. Oh, I can yeah. get that down to 25, you know, to constantly look at that stuff um, and make those improvements just makes the longevity of your platform last longer. It makes yeah. your users happier because as long as you're not breaking things as you're upgrading. But, you know, you get those improvements where even the end user goes, this feels, it's still fast. It's competing with these web-based things or it's competing yeah. with this high-end database just because you cleaned up your mess and mm -hmm. there's room to play again. And it, it's, I think it's crucial. I, I don't know that everybody does it all the time. <laughs> it's hard. It's a practice we have to, you have to just kind of build in um, and try to schedule time for cleanup and refactoring. It's a hard thing to do because they don't feel like business imperatives, but they are. They really are. It's, you know, I, yeah, I, I think a lot of people, maybe a lot of developers are like, well, it's not going to make me money. I'm like, right now. But like right. what you got to talk about is future, right? And it, it's, yeah. <clears throat> if you could do something to shave time now, as you scale, that saves a lot more time in the future. So, and I mean, we've seen that every single year as we've done, <coughs> excuse me, even our own upgrades. When we start shaving off time that looks insignificant in one capacity, we see it impact way more. And all it takes yeah. is that one customer to be like, man, that got faster to talk to somebody else who might be looking to go, oh man, yeah, we, we just got an update in this thing. They made that part even faster. And so we get yeah. a future sale because of that, yeah. just because the experience got better, right? If right. Just, yeah. right? We keep layering and it gets slower and slower. Nobody's going to like it. Yeah, I like that you've turned it from a, a reactive experience using FM Perception to go figure out a bunch of stuff, do your speed project. But now it's, it sounds like it's part of your practice now. Do, do all your developers have access to it or use it? Yeah. So, well, the ones who know what they're doing. <laughs> right? Fair so, enough. I mean, every, there's, there's the tears to it. If it's a sure. possible breaking change, we kind of only want certain people to touch that. Um, sure. But yeah, we, I mean, we were able to dump out and organize it. And what, what we do is we took that data, threw it into our own FileMaker solution, threw it on one of our development servers so everybody could look at it, right? So nice. here's what's happening. So we could see, awesome. you know, how many we removed, how many, you know, we were remaining for our target of trying to get something down. Um, if it was a table that doesn't get touched too much, mm -hmm. We probably left that one alone, but the ones this the tables that got touched significantly or, or used in a lot of ways, um, or in a lot of parts of the system, those are the ones that we ended up putting our heavy focus on, and, and sure. really yeah. ended up being like mm, eight to ten tables. Okay. Um, but put that in perspective, right? One hundred and twenty-six some odd tables in a solution. Ten of them had more than twenty of these relationships. Right. And even still, between those 10, we removed 189 
relationships. It's awesome. So, it's wild. You know, and that, and like I said, we started seeing snappierness like across the board, and that that affects WebDirect, that affects FileMaker Pro, FileMaker Go, uh, script execution, just in, yeah, everything. everything just got better because we spent that two weeks to go, let's clean this up. Let's clean up our yeah. playroom a bit, you know, and let's make this better. It worked and it worked quick, but now it works quicker. And we <laughs> like that. It's so great. God, this has been so great. Um, yeah. I just love hearing about, about what people are doing. It's really fascinating. Well, What's exciting yeah. coming up? Anything interesting you you want to share about what your company's doing or what your hope, anything you're, you want, you want to share? I can't share all the details, but, um, not that everybody else is going to jump in the space, but don't even get any ideas because we're too good. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's nice because, you know, we've taken our lists, you know, I fly out, I do, God, I'm pretty high up on the frequent flyer mile programs. Um, cause I do fly out a lot and I work with customers and to do trainings and then onboarding and, and all that stuff and first events and all that. Um, and so even when I go out, I come up with this list. I mean, we've got in Monday, we have a huge list of, you know, feature ideas and, you know, improvements that we're looking at and some of these other, you know, things. And so, you know, catching up to kind of catching up that technical debt where we're not reacting to tickets and questions about things that, you know, we need to fix or slowness or whatever that might be. That's opening us up to actually go and finally get to that list of the things where we know it's going to take the program to that next level right. or mm -hmm. extend it beyond, you know, the users that we have, because there's still some other segments that we're targeting um, and focus on expanding the platform in new ways. Right. So right. we have another solution that we're doing um, that relates to Tor Pro, but serves a completely different audience, hmm. but allows them to kind of work in a really cool symbiotic way to make the experience better across the board, yeah. I think is going to be that's that's i mean that's the best gift i could ever have right is now i can actually get to the things i want to get to i don't yeah. i'm not spending time wasting on these tickets and these these stupid things i mean even now with working with tickets that come in we have a better idea with a quick ddr dump and opening up in fm perception what we're looking at um for any sort of real bug right that might exist and it allows us even an opportunity to go we can see how we can make this better right that's awesome. That's it's been spectacular. Love it. So we can only you're say getting thank the you. time. You're getting the time to add value to your platform, and that's that's, just, that's really what we're. Isn't that what, what it's all we're about? To, yeah, exactly. and that's what we're what we're trying to give developers the time to do. Get rid of the things that that get in the way of you making the experience better for your customers. Yeah, I, it, and even you know spectacularly, it's like even our apps. So we even do the kind of custom iOS and Android apps for our customers. Um, and then they're all powered by FileMaker, right? It's the engine that's writing the data out there. I mean, every one of our uh, apps is like a 4.8 star rating or higher, even on the Android store. Yeah. And at, even our competitors so can't cool. come close to that. They're in the two star rating or maybe three star. <laughs> so, I mean, it ama it's amazing how you can, what you can do with the platform, once, especially once you get to know it. Um, yeah. But luckily, I, I don't think the the, you have to have the will for it, I think, but as with anything, right? Where there's a sure. will, there's a way. But well, it's kind of getting there. Excitement. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's that. That's really what drives what what drives humans. They get excited and passionate about solving a problem, and they're just going to go do it no matter what. And yeah. FileMaker is a great tool for that. 
It really yeah. is. Please don't be a stranger. I can't wait to have you on the podcast in a year or less and hear all the new cool things you're doing. I mean, oh, yeah. we really there's, would there's love some cool things coming. Yeah. Definitely. So anyway, well, once it's not secret anymore, we'll we'll bring you back on and we'll talk yeah. about it. But I would yeah, love to hear fun. more. Yeah. Be fun. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again. We appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll so talk much. soon. Anytime. Thanks. See you guys. Thanks for having me. Just as a reminder, this is available on YouTube and as a podcast. And make sure you check out the show notes as there are a lot of links to share there. If you can take a minute to pause and subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. But better yet, if you can share it with a friend, that would be pretty awesome. No matter what your role is in this community, you're proof of how amazing this Claris community really is. My job is to help spread your knowledge and your stories on the podcast. Find me on Twitter at MZ123 or at Proofgeist and let's share your story.